Welcome to today's episode of Ownership Matters, a podcast for homeowners in resident-owned communities, brought to you by Rock USA. I'm Paul Bradley. And I'm Mike Bullard. And Mike Bullard, do we have a great guest today? All the way from the beautiful state of Maine, Margaret Jones. Mike, can you tell us about her? Happy to. Margaret Jones has been board president of Mountainside Community Cooperative in Camden, Maine, since it became a rock in 2019. She's also a member of Maine Rock Strong and the Rock Association Policy and Advocacy Committee as part of the Maine Advocacy Team. After 35 years, Margaret retired from her corporate career. While living in New Jersey, she served as a project manager, productivity monitor, field support for automated maintenance and inventory systems in the corporate equipment engineering division of a major global container shipping company. She also spent 10 years in systems engineering with the air pollution control industry, providing major air cleaning equipment for clients like United States steel coking operations. As a native Mainer, Margaret returned to Camden, where she is near to her lifelong connection to the water and traditional sailing. Welcome, Margaret. To start off, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your Rock Mountainside Community Cooperative? Camden, by the way, is a wonderful town. Think Hallmark movie with both a mountain and the sea. So what's it like there? Well, in the winter, it's fairly quiet, but still very active. In the summer, it is just a mass of people wanting to gather the best of Maine, which hopefully we have. Camden has always been a community of tourists and summer people, but over the years, it's changed. And along with the way our nation changes, thank goodness, or I would have to be living somewhere else. I'm not sure I could have Cope was coming back to 1955, (laughs) (laughs) but we now have internet and all of those good things, so it's okay. (laughs) Mountainside is located right between, we not only have this mountains where the mountains meet the sea, but we also have an incredible lake here, Maguntacook. And Mountainside is located right between the ocean, the mountains right in our backyard, and the lake is just up the street. And we're a 55 plus community and we have 52 homes and consider ourselves very lucky to be a resident owned community and live in the beautiful place we do. Well, it sounds absolutely beautiful. I've not yet visited Mountainside, but I do know Camden and it is a gorgeous part of Down East Maine. Just terrific. I'm curious, Margaret, what brought you to Mountainside and then also what led you to take on a leadership role within the co-op? I had lived away from Maine for many years and I came back. And when I came back, I was renting and then I realized that I was aging and needed to find a stabilized living situation. And of course, Camden is a very, very high rent district, but I was lucky enough to find Mountainside, which was owned by a very responsible park owner who had a lovely home. And all of us own our own homes and moved in here. And it's been a wonderful experience. Our park owner, about three years after I moved in, decided that he really needed to retire due to health reasons. And he put us in touch with Rock USA. And we went through the process, lots of meetings, lots of information, lots of guidance, lots of help in financing. And then December, four years ago, we became a resident-owned community and They needed people to step up into the leadership, and I foolishly raised my hand. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been president ever since. Been president ever since. 
Well, and by all accounts, doing a terrific job. And I am very curious about the community owner. He had owned it for about 30 years. And he was always up here every weekend. And there was always a barbecue once a year at the gazebo. And and he really cared about it. And he cared not only just about it, but he cared about the people who were here. And he's the one who put us in touch with Rock USA. So interesting. And do you know how he came upon the idea of selling to the residents? Did he ever share that? I talk with Stuart frequently because he is a font of institutional knowledge. He didn't say how he got in touch with Rock USA. He just said, I wanted to make sure you were all okay. Hmm. Wow. What a tremendous legacy for him to provide 54 secure, affordable homes and know that you guys are taking care of yourselves, you know, in control. We had him up last summer for a barbecue and a dedication of the, we have a gazebo park and we dedicated it to he and his wife. And we had him up for a barbecue and there was Stuart who was always contained and always just front and center with tears streaming down his face. Oh, wonderful. He said, I have just been given the best award any manufactured housing community owner could be given. It sounds like a wonderful dedication and community owners crying at events celebrating the co-op's purchase, or in this case, purchased several years ago, but those are wonderful. I've participated in one of those not too long ago in Missouri, and wow, it's so powerful. Well, it was so great to see Stuart so happy with the park and how happy with the way it was being managed and that we had done him proud. (laughs) That's wonderful. Margaret, you and your neighbors hosted a different kind of event not too long ago when Mountainside hosted a group of policymakers as part of the Rock Association's push to secure passage of the Price Fund. Can you tell us about that? That was a busy day. It was a great day. We had about four people from HUD, representations from Senator Collins' office, representatives from the state of Maine, and they visited four parks in the area. And ours was one of the parks. And it was very interesting to see their reactions. Number one, their first reaction when they first arrived in the park is when they all arrived and came into my home and they were looking around like, well, this is a real home. And then touring the park and seeing some of the challenges that we're facing was a very successful day. I even managed to have each of them observe our special septic situation that we're on our way to resolving. We have a 26,000 gallon holding tank which needs to be emptied three times a day and driven across town. And it's aging beyond its time. And we are now just so close to connecting to the town sewer and having the sewer town bring the sewer up. We've received some discretionary funding and we're also going for some CBDG money and the town is 100% behind us. But for this special occasion, I had our septic hauler drive the tank truck out of the building and open the door. And I insisted everyone go in and open the other door and go, oh, there's the septic tank. Oh. <laughs> and that isn't, didn't just happen at our park. It happened at other parks. And I think it really went so far to have these people really have a 
true sense of awareness of what was going on. Sometimes people learn by experiential learning much better than reading a book. I mean, I'm sure that's an experience they weren't banking on when they arrived, but what a difference that will make when you're able to connect to the municipal system. And that's just exactly what the Price Fund is designed to do, is to help resident-owned, manufactured home communities improve their serious infrastructure problems, water, sewer, roads, electrical, et cetera. And so that's exactly why they were there, and it left an impression for sure. I I think even in some of the best put-together manufactured housing communities, a lot of those important infrastructures are somewhat substandard. And as they age, it becomes so important to be able to get them to be realized. I mean, after all, we are a municipal water company. Mountainside is. We have to comply with all of the regulations now that are necessary for the town of Camden. So it's water, it's infrastructure, it's electric, it's all of those things. And to have people realizing that it's worth doing is an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Senator Susan Collins from Maine, I believe the senior senator from Maine, very important. And she did sign off on and supported the price initiative. And we're also thankful for that. And I can say that her staff's visits with you and the three other co-ops in Maine was incredibly influential. Co-op leaders did other things to try to win support, but those community tours were great. Very, very important. Margaret, Maine's Governor Janet Mills recently appointed you to the State Manufactured Housing Board. And for our listeners, let me read the official description of what that board does and is responsible for. The Manufactured Housing Board was established to ensure that manufactured housing is safe from hazardous defects, provide uniform performance standards for construction and installation of manufactured housing, and provide a safe and sanitary environment for occupants residing in mobile home communities. The primary responsibilities of the board are to examine and license qualified applicants to promulgate rules defining the qualifications and professional standards for manufacturers, dealers, and installers of manufactured housing, to investigate complaints against its licensees, and to take appropriate disciplinary action against noncompliance with its statute and rules. Margaret, what motivated you to join the Manufactured Housing Board? That's one more very important responsibility for you. I was called by the governor's office. Apparently someone had put my name forward to, I think his name is Bouchard, who is responsible for filling out and finding people to serve on boards, et cetera. And I apparently Governor Mills wanted someone who actually resided in a manufactured home and a manufactured housing community. So I did all the proper paperwork and was approved. And I am a strong advocate for manufactured housing communities, especially resident-owned manufactured housing communities. But manufactured housing communities, I I feel that every one of us, each time we walk out the door of our homes or any time anybody drives through one of our communities, we are advocating for an area of housing which really has had in the past a very difficult perception from the public. And the more we're out there and the more we're involved, the sooner those perceptions change. I thoroughly agree with you, Margaret. That is exactly right. And resident-owned community leaders are really leading the way. There are some homeowners, community leaders in commercially-owned properties But really across the country, it's co-op leaders are really stepping to the fore and representing 
homeowners writ large in communities and advocating for communities. So it's not surprising that while you talk about really showcasing resident-owned communities, but your concern, as you put it out there, extends to all communities. And that's just great. We see that and it's super inspiring. So thank you for doing all that you do. So those two experiences, the tour and now your upcoming service on the state board must be new experiences since becoming a rock leader. But any other new experiences that you'd like to share with our listeners since you became a leader in your community? It's just been very, very interesting watching the whole process from becoming a resident-owned community to dealing with being a resident-owned community. And I'm going to go, yay, yay, resident-owned communities again, because with the initial meetings that we had and meeting with different members of the community to actually formulate our bylaws and our rules and our policies and procedures, and then the assistance from Rock as we began to deal with all of these problems and the education that they have on their website about how to deal with all of these things. And just having had that framework and then learning to make that framework work for us has just been a very interesting thing. And what's happened with the community is the community has gone from, I don't know who lives on Hillside, to every one of us knowing each other. And conflicts are worked out because there's a framework within which that can be done. It's quite the process. And I'm happy to report that's a pretty universal theme, what you just described of people knowing eh, a couple people, next door neighbors or whatnot, and then they go through the process of becoming a rock. And now we know everybody and not only know them, but everybody's sort of helping out, pitching in for one another in times of need. And of course, Mountainside also has worked and continues to work closely with CDI, right? Cooperative Development Institute as the Rock USA affiliate in Maine and the rest of New England outside New Hampshire. But they were active in both the advocacy work on the policy side, getting Maine to pass recently the opportunity to purchase legislation. Tell us about it, Margaret. Yeah, I was up and testified at that one. It was very, very interesting to see that there were people on the panel who really didn't have a concept of manufactured housing communities or resident-owned communities. That, again, comes down to that advocacy all over the place, daily and in important places, because people just, if they're not exposed to it, they keep this little misconception of what a, I'm going to say a dirty word, what a trailer park is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. And not just that, but the important distinction between a commercially owned manufactured home community and a resident owned, right? Why that's different and important. We just sold a house here to a person who lives down in the Berwick area, who lives in a manufactured housing community that is owned by someone in California. And the reason she's buying here is because she wants to get out of that situation because they were sold, their rent was raised, and she wants to be part of this type of a community. Mm, lovely. That's terrific. Margaret, it was wonderful that you joined us this summer in Chicago for what was possibly the some of the hottest weather and most humid weather I've experienced 
in my lifetime. It was brutal. But nonetheless, you were there with Rock USA and Rock Association. You attended the Innovations and Manufactured Home Conference, which was with advocates and innovators, practitioners in the manufactured housing sector from across the country. We had a Rock USA board meeting that you sat in on. The Rock Association had its annual meeting with people in person and around the country. So you took a deep dive into the national scene of the work we do around the country. I'm just curious now, just over four months later and cooler temperatures about what do you take away from that now, four months later? How are you thinking about that? What new insights into the movement did that provide you? I think what it did was to just pull me into the larger picture. Very often when you're dealing with your own situation and dealing with your own location, you get a little myopic. And it was really wonderful to see other communities, other communities' issues. Some were the same, some were very different. Just to see just how large, not just Rock USA is and how many communities that involves and the diversification within those communities but also to learn more about the Lincoln Institute. In other words, what's happening nationwide about affordable housing and land use. I was really pleased to get that eye opener and made me far more comfortable dealing with the idea of being more involved and getting out there, not just running around the town of Camden. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect segue to my next question weather-related as well. We have found, and I'm sure you do too, that people from warmer places across the United States often ask us why we live in New England. And you've lived in warmer and far warmer places in California. So how do you answer that, Margaret? Well, Maine is my roots. I can go to all of those other places, but the morals, the standards, and the four seasons, I'll take this. I can take a plane anywhere I want to go. Yeah. And down East Maine is one of the beautiful places in this country. We have many beautiful places in this country, but down East Maine is certainly one of them. Uh, Love visiting the coast of Maine. And Margaret, thank you for coming to Ownership Matters and sharing your insights and your experience. This has been a lot of fun. It's great to see you again. And I'm just so impressed with all that you're doing, both in your community, obviously really impactful work in the state of Maine, and now picking your chin up and looking nationally and seeing ways to contribute nationally. It's just inspiring. So thank you for all you do and thanks for joining in and thanks for joining us on Ownership Matters. Well, thank you for having me and trust me, it's all worth it. Good, love it. We are of course better together. Absolutely. And then again, we succeed when our communities succeed. Don't forget that one. Bingo, I love that. Are you kidding me? Thank you, Margaret. Thanks, Margaret. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, Mike, that sure was a lot of fun. Indeed. Yeah. Margaret was just super dedicated. What a tremendous ambassador for her community, the state of Maine. And what a terrific co-op leader, huh? Absolutely. And I can't wait to hear how it goes on the state board that she's working on and how she's received by everybody else on that board. I did a little digging and it looks like there's people from all sectors of the manufactured housing industry there and she's there to represent homeowners. Yeah, it's great. All right, Mike, what's up next? 
Well, just a quick thank you to our listeners for joining us today for this episode of Ownership Matters. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Talk soon. Bye now. Bye now.